remember very well when company would come. I would have to be right still until the whole crowd had. My mama always said to me, Jim, take a tater and wait. Now taters never did taste good with chicken on the plate. But I had to eat them just the same. That is why I look so bad and have these puny ways. Because I always had to take an old cold tater and wait. All righty. It is Saturday, February 10th, 2024, and time for another edition of Blackbird 9 Saturday Snack Shack. I'm your host, Frederick C. Blackburn. I'd like to welcome everyone to the show this evening. I hope everyone's having a wonderful Saturday and a wonderful weekend. Tonight's episode is episode number 61 and is entitled Noticing Patterns with Mr. Sean Surplus from Australia. So, uh, looking forward to having uh, Mr. Surplus on with us. And uh, shout out to Mr. Mike Gaddy and Southern Civil War author Miss Karen Stokes for having me on today with the Rebel Madman show. That was our uh Second Saturday of the month, we always do a blackballed spook show before this one. So be sure to go out and uh, give that show a listen. Learned a lot about the real story behind the Civil War today. And, of course, condolences to the family of both Mr. John Comenci and Joe Rizzoli. The truth community has definitely lost some frontline warriors uh, in the last few weeks, so they will definitely be missed. And anyway, so tonight's special guest is Mr. Sean Surplus from Australia, and he's uh, and as it's already Sunday from him, he may be calling from the future. I'm not too sure about that. He's another one of those longtime veterans of the great troll wars after 9-11. Many of you remember from back in the Oracle and Renegade broadcasting days with his very popular Two's Company Three's Allowed show, which continues on WTFR radio down there in Zio Occupied new Oz. So for the newbies, we'll be opening up the phone lines after the bottom of the hour break, and you can call in and tell us what you want to talk about. And that's at Republican Broadcasting, RBN, because you can handle the truth. And that number is 512-248-8252, 512-248-8252, or toll-free 800-313-9443. That's 1-800-313-9443. And as always, you can come out to the bb9tradingpost.chitango.com uh, chat room. For the hottest news, the dankest memes, and the best tips on independent living, come out to bb9tradingpost.chitango.com. The sun never sets on the Norkakalaki Trading Post chat room, but if you're looking for a knife fight, we just assume you go someplace else. I wonder what Mr. Sean Surplus wants to talk about tonight. The weather? Could you ask for a nicer Indian summer week after Cadillac? T-shirt weather up here on Blackjack Mountain with the temps in the 50s Fahrenheit, which allowed the fuel man to make his way back up here to Blackjack Mountain and top off our fuel tanks before the next band of winter weather hits. And those weeks of below freezing followed by sub-zero temps really sucked up the heating fuel. So that's going to be a painful bill when it comes in. But at least we stayed warm warm. 
and dry and the power stayed on. So that's a level when a plan comes together, right? So the Elk Report, the official North Kakalaki Elk Spotter EX96 Echo X-Ray 96 reporting, no elk spotted on Blackjack Mountain to date. Repeat, no elk spotted on Blackjack Mountain to date. But we are starting to see the first of the seasonal birds returning. Still no daffodils, but that now that we're on this side of Candlemas, I'll be looking for those jacks in the green to start popping up any day now, unless, of course, it snows again. And that's the end of the official North Kakalaki Wildlife Resource Commission elk spotter transmission. Or maybe he'll want to weigh in on the big ongoing Watauga County debate on which was more hateful. Angry black man from Atlanta, Tobias M. Jones, going on a Mad Max terror rampage against white drivers in his semi-tractor trailer truck in New Boone. Echo, echo, echo. Or some kid waving a swastika flag near the carpetbagger chicken swinger synagogue of Satan Clubhouse. Or maybe he'll want to talk about how U.S. Congress critter from North Kakalaki, Virginia Fox, is getting big mad at all this anti-Semitism in education. Can't have anti-Semitism, those hate facts in education. Gotta shut it down, right, Virginia Fox? Or maybe he'll want to talk about how Alabama radio station WJLX had their entire 200-foot radio tower and all the equipment stolen from the attached radio shack is having radio towers stolen in broad daylight just part and parcel of living in a vibrant and diverse multicultural Alabama. Or maybe he'll want to talk about the U.S. Special Counsel investigating Joe Biden for mishandling classified documents, determined he wasn't going to be charged because he is too unfit to be accountable. What does this mean for the 2024 presidential election? Is it time to call in Big Mike Obama to save the country from Donald Trump? Is Israel's Unit 269, do they have enough adrenochrome left from the Jeffrey Epstein Pizzagate operation to get Hillary Clinton back into the race against Donald Trump. Or maybe he'll want to talk about Hawaii's Supreme Court just deciding that it really doesn't like the Second Amendment after all and decided the citizens just can't go around carrying guns in public. Perhaps New Hawaii will decide that only the military, law enforcement, and bodyguards of important people in gated communities can carry guns. Plus, it will make it so much easier to roll out the next mandatory jujab vaccine if everyone in Hawaii is disarmed. Or maybe he'll want to talk about how the U.S. Supreme Court is deciding on whether or not a bunch of commie corporate baggers from out of state can decide who gets on the Colorado presidential election ballots. Because of the 14th Amendment on insurrections and the Civil War and slavery and January 6th and Donald Trump is bad and other PL poll legalese stuff, will that be enough to convince the Supreme Court to side with Colorado? I don't think so. Or maybe he'll want to talk about Taylor Swift and the Super Bowl because that is the most important thing in the world. And will Joe Biden just have to suspend suspend the Constitution if anything were to happen at tomorrow's 
big game. Or maybe he'll want to talk about Tucker Carlson and Vladimir Putin's two-hour election on Russian history that did not to mention the J-word once in the entire presentation, but conclude that everyone agreeing that while NATO may have been jerks to post-Soviet Union Russia, the real problem with the world is Nazis. I personally like the matching Kabbalah red thread bracelets that they were both wearing. Or maybe he'll want to talk about the new hit single, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by Joe Biden and BB Nutty Yahoo, which is blasting its way through the charts like the IDF through a Palestinian children's hospital. This is sure to knock Taylor Swift out of the number one single spot if it didn't get keep getting flagged as hateful by Elon Musk's ex-Twitter and other social media. Like when I tried to share it with Reverend Franklin Graham and all the Zyozelotes at Samaritan's Purse who are all for greater Israel. Or maybe he'll just want to talk about fishing. So welcome to the Snack Shack, Mr. Sean, Sur- Sean Surplus. And tell us, good sir, what do you <laughs> want to talk about tonight? <laughs> Jeez. What I want to talk about is how you're getting as bad as me and that you need to take a breath and let me you know, tackle one situation at a time. <laughs> Am I here? You are here, sir. Yes. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, geez, you threw a lot at me right then. <laughs> slap me, <laughs> slap me right, right in the head with an Australian fish. Slap. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot going on, isn't it? Uh, um, first and foremost, I've just got a quick question before you begin: is um, the, well, why did you call it noticing patterns? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just one of those things. You know, those patterns just keep notice popping up everywhere. You know, if only we can find some pattern, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot going on. I especially like that. Um, how they had the little red armbands on and everything like that. <laughs> Tucker Carlson really stuck out for me. Um, I think it was uh, Mr. Avalt that sent me the link where Carlson had that 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 pink band on um and i thought oh look at that that's a red flag in itself um but uh, not many people understand what what's going on and that's the biggest problem we face these days is that people don't understand what that red band represents so i was i was up in arms you know what i'm like and jumping up and down and going oh look at that look at that you know my daughter's in the background she's going dad what is it now <laughs> look look he's got the pink armband on um yeah no a lot going on um and as for your question when it comes to what i want to talk about you know when it comes to here in australia at least and and whenever you want to talk about any of those subjects that you just listed i was like i had the pen ready going on no <laughs> I was like mr blackbird slow down slow down <laughs> you can tell he's from north kakalaki he's he's getting as bad as me ladies and gentlemen he's like at one stage i thought i had the gift of the gab but after what i just heard <laughs> <laughs> me oh my as it goes um yeah no over here our biggest problem at the moment like those everything you've been bringing up yeah, has a lot of um it needs a lot of attention there's no doubt about it you'd have to bring them up uh, to me again one by one so we can tackle them um head on with an iron fist but over here at the moment my pet peeve is the cops and the bicycle helmets, stuff like that, the, the property theft that comes from the cops. 
um, you know, the you know how the cops are now becoming. They were once the protectors over here in Australia, but now they're doing exactly what the criminals doing. So whilst they were protecting us from criminals that would harm young children, they are now the w- ones becoming the harm uh, uh, to those children. So those sorts of things are what's going on here. The frontline doctors, you know, 17 million dead on three continents now because of the vaccines. I've had dear friends of mine that are close to me, including the captain. You've heard me speak about him, um, Blackbird, where um, he, he got the first two doses of the vaccines and he's dead. He's gone. It's like you know? my mother, you know, it's just... Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's the same suddenly. With, yeah, yeah, it's the same with my mother as well. Um, she was unconscious a lot of the time because of her illness in hospital. And then all of a sudden, I, I, I mentioned to one of the nurses, you didn't give her any vaccines or anything. And the look on their faces says it all. And I just said, because she opted out of any of those vaccines, and then next thing you know, she dies. Mm-hmm. And... I thought, they're not going to tell you anyway, just as Dr. Rebecca Carley used to say at one stage. She said, you know, I was a doctor and I can tell you how much they can sweep under the rug. And uh, that's what I think happened with my mother. Yeah, like a lot of people have died in this small local area of Myrtleford of these vaccines. And people, the biggest problem I think we face is that people keep denying it. They keep saying, oh, it was because of the COVID. No, it wasn't because of the COVID because these people I was speaking to before they died had no flu symptoms at all. But, but then, that was a symptom of the symptoms. You know, if you yeah, have right. those symptoms, that means you probably have it. <laughs> it was, yeah, that was the right. insanity of this rollout. Uh, yeah. but like you said, yeah, that here we have obvious excessive death rates right but yeah. nobody will touch that issue the you know the heritage population is dying left and right you know you've got massive inflated numbers the you know the cemeteries are full backlog but you know there's no pattern there and meanwhile yeah. we're having our population doubled by busload after busload from the border you know, right, that's yeah. what we're in. So nobody notices that the population's going down. That's like, no, that's the heritage population's going down because they were stupid enough to listen to the white goats. And now the replacement population is coming in behind them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and speaking of which, um, I, I just had um, Shield Maiden send me some information in a video or, or a Twitter thing, I think, a Twitter link where it was actually showing that all of these illegal immigrants are coming across and stealing all your Thanksgiving turkeys. And I thought, that that right there, it sounds, it sounds laughable, but the thing is that's what they're doing. So you've got all of these poor people that are trying to get to the food camps because they can't afford a, a, a Thanksgiving turkey. And um, But because all of these illegal illegal immigrants are coming across, they're being given these free turkeys, but some of, some families are getting two turkeys at a time. And I'm thinking, you know, it starts with turkeys and then ends up vehicles and then it ends up free rent and then it ends up, you know, food stamps and all of this. And, and a lot of people find it hard to get food stamps over there in the States because so many of these illegal immigrants are getting them way before um, white Western civilization does, if you will. Oh, that was a, a huge issue and a point of personal contention when I was blacklisted and living out of my tent in my car, you know, uh, mm. 
you know, there I just repeatedly got told there was no services available for me, no matter, despite, you know, I paid in all that money all those years, and when I needed, you know, help, there was none. And now, you know, here, you know, these people come in, you've got 8,000 kids, or they're just, you know, military age men, and they've got shopping carts full, and they pay with welfare. And they're not speaking English at all anytime they're in the store. The stores now are starting to make announcements in Spanish to, you know, uh, appease the new population. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, this is where you are. And we tried to get assistance from Her- for a Heritage Appalachia people. And, they, you know, just keep getting turned down that there's no money for you. But all these invaders, they're set to go. And the amount of, like, scholarship money to, like, Appalachian State University is outrageous. They are just trying so hard to turn that into a non-white university. And so you've got all this philanthropy money for them, but you could have some rocket scientist, you know, white guy, and they can't even get admitted to the program, right? You know, but, mm. If you've bar- if you got a seventy IQ and you're an angry black woman, you know there's pl- and if you're a lesbian, maybe oh man, you know, they, you'll get a free <laughs> ride, you know. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so hi to Shield Maiden. I haven't talked to Shield Maiden forever, so I hope she's listening. So yeah, yeah, I did actually send her the link, so she should be listening. And shame on her if she isn't. Uh, um, but yeah, you got to got to give them a bit of hell. Um, no, it's. Yeah, no, it was the same sort of thing over here. I, I don't know remember, if you remember when we got the Kosovo refugees coming over and the, a lot of them were being housed in the military barracks at the time. And um, we were – because we were chess players, you know, those of us that made it to the championships and stuff like that um, were invited to play the Kosovos at the barracks to give them something to do. And – when we went there, uh, there was a lot of stories coming from the military gentlemen that were saying, you know, Sean, you know, if you want to talk about where taxpaying money is going, um, let's talk about that taxpaying money going to the fact that they don't use the toilets and that taxpaying money has to go to extra cleaning products and extra cleaners because they quite often just open the barracks window and did their business right, um, out the window, whether it be a number one or a two. And so you ha- we, we were forking out taxpayers' dollars to um, clean up after them. And the same sorts of things are going on over there in the United States. You know, I talk to people all over the States, as you know, um, all the time, and the same sorts of things are going on there. A lot of people say, well, they're not bothering us. Well, they are. They're, they're bothering your pocket because they're costing you huge amounts of tax dollars to clean up after them and also clean up their crimes. You know, their crimes are through the roof. It, it's it's the same here in Australia. We've got a lot of the Somalians that are getting down the Melbourne and Sydney streets and they just walk up to the street stalls, take what they want and walk away smiling because the cops just don't have the forces. By the time the cops get there, they're gone. You know, they're out of there, Blackbird. They're, they're, they're like, oh, man. Take, take oh, what they want to eat, gone. That's it. You know, that's the thing is, you know, you're dealing with a population that does not have the cognitive skills to be able to understand a Western civilization. And so, you know, yeah. this idea of just, 
going in and taking what you want because you see it. And I need to go to the bathroom, so I'm just going to go to the bathroom no matter where we are. And, you know, you see, uh, like, beaches, you know, and North Carolina beaches and California beaches having to put up signs now saying no public defecation. It's like, why is that sign even needed? And then you see the streets of San Francisco. (laughs) Remember the streets of San Francisco? And it's nothing but human waste now. Uh, And, you know, drug needles, etc. And that used to be such a beautiful city. I remember, you know, back in the day, I used to love going to those uh, West Coast cities from San Diego, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, you name it. Yeah, those were the great places. And now, yeah, there are just, you know, uh, you know, terror shows, you know, and uh, all the, you know, white people are, you know, fleeing, you know, these cities. And, you know, so what's it like there with your cities? I mean, are you seeing a lot of white flight from like Sydney and Melbourne and things like that or? Oh, yeah, yeah, and we get called racist for that as well. So, for instance, you're you're racist if you do and you're racist if you don't sort of thing. It's where, okay, we've done our best to help um, the Aboriginal communities over here in Australia, and, oh, well, you're racist because you thought that you had to help us. We can help ourselves. Okay, then help yourself. Oh, now you're racist because you're not helping us. It's, it's a no-win situation. And, right, um, and that, that's the pill pull of it. You know, it's all to shut down your reasoning skills because there's not a right answer. You know, with these people, you know, it, I'm a, you know a southern white guy from the United States. You know, I'm responsible for everything bad in the world. Anything I say to these, you know, NPCs coming out of these universities is going to be wrong because I'm wrong. My entire existence is wrong, just yeah. like you as a heritage australian you know everything you say in defense of your people is going to be wrong to the politically correct enforcers of this you know great experiment they're trying to put on us you know of diversity and multiculturalism and it's you know it's white genocide but if you call it white genocide then they say you're a hater and we're going to shut you down yeah yeah no no doubt about it um I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I think I'm hearing Mr. Producer in the background. Yeah, uh, that hopefully is not going out, but you know so he has to keep his mic on. So it, <laughs> we oh, sometimes okay. hear the uh, office noise. You just learn to ignore it. You know. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I wasn't. I, I wasn't sure what was. Go- uh, uh, um. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Uh, uh, it's with usually us. not quite this loud. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sending my note. But anyway, please continue. My apologies. Yeah, yeah. So, welcome yeah, to the so Snack sorry, Shack. Where, where, you know, there's always something going on here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Sorry, where were we? Where, what, what point were we, we're, yeah, we discussing? We're, just, uh, we're talking about, you know, white flight out of the cities, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so what happens is... um. There's definitely a lot of that. Once we once we actually walk away from those neighbourhoods, they say, "Oh, you're racist because you don't want to be around us." Um, and that's why Kevin Bloody Wilson wrote the song um, "Living Next Door to uh, Abos," "Living Next Door to Alan," because it was all about how 
they present themselves, how the Aboriginals present themselves, and they they really do present themselves that way. It, it seemed like a joke, but it wasn't. He was doing it sort of tongue-in-cheek to let people know what's really going on. And now that we've got all of these different people coming across from different countries, yeah, there's definitely, um, you know, fight or flight. They're, they're, they're sort of like, do we stay? Do we go? What do we do here? But you've got to understand too, and you probably already do, Blackbird, is uh, when they start moving in, they start lessening the value of the houses. So these people move in buying, let's say, for argument's sake, a $350,000 house in Melbourne, in a good street, quiet community of Melbourne, and then these other people come along and they're moved into areas like that. And we're in when not far from it is like community housing and commission housing. And of course, they start spreading and they're, they're then walking up and down your streets trying to sell their heroin and all sorts of things. And next thing you know, the street becomes lesser in value. So therefore, every house on that street becomes lesser in value. So you might be purchasing it for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And that's without interest. Right. Um, if you add the interest, it's even more. Um, and it becomes a, a house that ends up something like $200,000. So then you have the Chinese that come over and they say, oh, you know what? This is only worth $200,000 now. Let's buy it up. And they start buying up the housing for a lot cheaper and then um, charging exponential amounts of rent for whoever's going to be moving in there or exponential amounts of mortgage for a person who's going to be buying and um, they get richer and they start inviting their families over here. They're also at the same time sending money back from Australia to China to uh, help out their families and things of that nature. Um, you know, it's 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 a domino effect, pretty much. There's no other way of explaining it. It's a domino effect. And it's only because good men, good white Western civilised men are sitting on their hands. If they didn't sit on their hands as much as what they, they are now, then um, the our countries would be much better off, in my opinion. Right, and that is the, uh, the big thing, is the abdication of the white man, that, you know, giving up the leadership roles, because I think we bought into this big lie of equality and that we're all going to, you know, this post-racial utopia and that we were lied to, that no, not everyone is the same. There are differences that our ancestors knew for thousands of years that suddenly we decided in the 1960s we weren't going to believe in anymore and like you said you know you see people moving in and they're playing a different game you know they're playing to their tactical advantage and you know the you know the idea of the chinese sending so much money back to china we had that with mexico it was amazing how much of the U.S. economy was getting sucked out by all of these Mexicans coming over, working in the U.S., taking jobs away from the local white guys, right, because of affirmative action hiring, and they weren't spending it in the local economies. They were sending it back to Mexico. Right, And so you just have this drain on the local economy and then the cultural differences and that they tribe up. 
you know, that you have the Mexican community, you have the Chinese community, you have the Indian community, you have this community, but you cannot allow to have the heritage white community anymore. Exactly. Because that's racist. That's Nazism. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. the maddening part is identity politics for everyone, but the people who actually built these incredible white civilizations, be it South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, the Appalachian Mountains, the United States, you know, Canada, the, you know, the UK, Europe. And suddenly we were told after World War II that we all had to tear down our borders, open everything up for the third world. And if we didn't do that, we were haters and bad people, right? And yeah, you know, we just really weren't trained on what the Kalergi plan really meant. And I was just about to say the Kalergi plan all yeah. the way. And it's and it's working in their eyes brilliantly, isn't it? And they're they're probably right, because it is working brilliantly. You take a look at Melbourne and Sydney now. You know, as as you've probably heard me discuss in the past when I took my daughter to Queensland. I said, you've got to see Queensland, darling. It's, it's beautiful. And she's like, yeah, all right, Dad, let's go. So we we took a couple of trains and a bus to Queensland, probably one of the most torturous trips I've ever had, so we flew back. But it was a really torturous trip, but she got to know the culture really quickly because we had to spend a day in Sydney. And that day in Sydney was the typical day in Sydney. Oh, oh, I think right. you've got a break there. Yeah, all right. Well, you are listening to Blackbird Nine Saturday Snack Shack. I'm your host, Frederick C. Blackburn, and our special guest this evening is Mr. Sean Surplus from Australia. And we are going to take a break, and we'll be back after these messages. tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Tehebo Tea Club's original pure pouty arco super tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113. DrinkSuperTea.com. 
so excited to have you as part of the Wild Pastures family, and we look forward to bringing you the pasture-raised meats that you and your family will love. Now, we started Wild Pastures because so many of my clients would tell me they just couldn't find high-quality pasture-raised meats, and even when they did, it was so expensive that they couldn't afford to eat it regularly. Now, I'm not talking about the bottom-of-the-barrel healthy meats that have claims like natural or free-range or even cage-free, terms that were actually created by the industrial food industry to make us feel all warm and fuzzy about buying their low-quality products. I'm talking about truly nourishing pasture-raised meats, the kind that you'll never really find in a grocery store. Our farmers are doing things beyond organic. Our beef is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished and raised on pastures free from chemicals and other pesticides. Our chickens are 100% pasture-raised, where they get their natural diet of grass and forage and insects. We will never settle for free range, which is actually one of the most deceptive terms in the chicken industry. In fact, less than 0.1% of the chicken consumed in the United States is truly pasture-raised in the way that ours is. And our pork is 100% pasture-raised as well. So if you care about where your food comes from, then you have definitely made it to the right place. As a Wild Pastures member, you'll be supporting the most highly principled farmers in America and getting the most nutrient-dense, nourishing, and sustainable meats in the world. I'm confident you'll love being part of our mission at Wild Pastures, and you will really love the delicious, nourishing meats that we're going to deliver straight to your door. Visit republicbroadcasting.org and click the Wild Pastures banner ad. Secure a shipment today. Beef, poultry, and pork. Raised the way nature intended. It's got a hole in it. Yeah, my book has got a hole in it. I can't buy no beer. Well, I'm standing on the corner with a bucket in my hand. I'm waiting for a woman. It ain't got no man. Cause my book has got a hole in it. Yeah, my book has got a hole in it. Yeah, my book has got a hole in it. I can't buy no beer. All righty, we are back. You are listening to Blackbird 9 Saturday Snack Shack. I'm your host, Frederick C. Blackburn, and our special guest this evening is Mr. Sean Surplus from Australia, and we're going to be opening up the phone lines here. And just a reminder that uh, you can call in at 512-248-8252. That's 512-248-8252 or toll-free 1-800-313-9443. That's 1-800-313-9443. And please, 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 if you still have resource, please support RBNs. Do whatever you can to keep this network on the air. It is so important that we have a voice of truth out there to counter the big international mockingbird monolithic media that is based on lies and deception and lying by omission. And so please keep uh, RBN on the network by supporting RBN, supporting the sponsors of RBN. So, Mr. Sean Surplus, we have a caller, Mr. Chance from West Virginia. Mr. Chance, are you there, sir? 
Yes, hello, gentlemen. Greetings. Uh, you know, I uh, I took on a different attitude lately. Uh, I always been, I, I've been saying for a long time that stupid people are going to be the death of us all, right? And nobody seems to listen, right? Very few. So I said to myself, you know, that's it. I could just like with this jab, right? Maybe this jab, in one way, is a blessing in disguise, and I'll tell you why. For the people who voluntarily took it, not the ones who were forced to for their jobs now. But I figured, hey, they're doing the job for us. That's good. Because all these people are dead weight anyway. They're stupid. What good are they going to be in taking their country back? No, absolutely. They wouldn't be in any way, shape, or form. I mean, I know it sounds cold, but I'm tired of trying to wake people up. I've been doing it for 35 years. You know. So what do you uh, say, Mr. Surplus? Was the jab an IQ test? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look, I, I, I tend to agree with the caller, and the reason being is because when I'm discussing these sorts of things on TCTA, um, I always say that they're always talking about when it comes to Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030, they're talking about population control, and I'm thinking, why do you need population control? Leave it up to the Darwin Awards. You know, why are we putting uh, stoplights and stuff like that in when it comes to walking across the street, I mean, um, when if a person isn't intelligent enough to look left and right, well, then he's going to get waxed by the oncoming bus and probably needs to. They, they become useless yeah. eaters when they're not intelligent enough to say, hey, look left and right before you cross the street. So I, I do agree with that. I mean, you just leave everything up to its natural process. You You take a look at these young people that are out there um, jumping off bridges, you know, so you've got this massive river and they jump off the bridge to go in the river. But what did, they, what, did, what did they do that was so foolish? What they did was they didn't check if there were rocks below. And when you've got stupidity, remember, you cannot cure stupidity. So yeah. when you've got stupidity of that, that measure, well, then they probably need to go bye-bye and they were probably going to go bye-bye somewhere down the track anyway. Um, and, and, you know, going also on what you said, caller, um, Chance, I I also agree that, um, you know, you take a look at it. We've been in this for how many years? I've been doing alternative media since 2003. I'm about to turn 49. How long does it take for people to start waking up before we finally say, you know what, we can't save them from exactly. themselves? They're, exactly. they're going to have to do it by themselves. Jeez. Yeah. I've been in this for 35 years, too. I woke up about 35 years ago. I was mm. about 30. Um, and, you know, I see very little change. And you'd think people would catch on by now, but they don't even have... Well, not all people. And when I say about the jab, the globalists are doing us a favor. They're thinning out the yeah. herd for us. Now, now, that's not to say I don't feel sorry for the the poor people who were forced to get the jab to keep their job, they were tricked. So I don't feel that way towards them, all right? Yeah. But these people who who went and say, hey, yeah, stick that in my arm, baby. I mean, I say, I say good riddance. You know, I, I mean, don't feel sorry for them yeah. anymore. Now, people may think I'm cold. I don't give a crap what people think because stupid people are going to be the death of us all in the long run. Or they will try and use against you the whole, oh, so you're a defeatist. No, we're not defeatists. 
what we're saying is if these people are stupid enough to go out and get that jab, that they know there's a big possibility is going to kill them, then they deserve what they get. And then we are left to focus on the positive people that aren't defeatists, that do want to survive. You know, why waste our time on those that are saying, yeah, stick that in my arm. I know I'm, I, there's a possibility I'm going to die, rather than be focusing on people that are saying, I'm not getting that poison. I'm not getting exactly. that poison. Like, keep that away from me. They're the people I want to focus on. And, no, I'm not a defeatist by any measure. This doesn't mean, however, that behind the scenes once in a while I go, geez, what is it we do here? Because there's always that that question, that alarming question. What is it we do? Not to save people from themselves. They need to do that for themselves. But what is it? You know, what is it we do? Um, to stay away from all of that. Is it any wonder that many more people now are, uh, we're calling ourselves misanthropes because we want, don't want anything to do with most people? Well, I have, I've lost all respect for dopes. You know, I just, <laughs> I, don't, I won't try to convince them. As a matter of fact, I'll encourage them to get the shot. I'll say, hey, I took it, and look, I'll jump down and do 85 push-ups. You know, mm. if they're that dumb, I figure, hey, the world's better off without. At least we are better off without them. They're only a hindrance to the people who are trying to straighten things out. So you yeah. know, and I know it's a hard thing to say, and I'm not happy saying it. But that's I'm too old to put up with stupidity at my age now, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. I love the NPC meme of just the talking heads that are just you know whatever Mockingbird tells them. That's what they think, and they'll protest and you know destroy based on that you know one thought. You know, just that NPC type character, and yeah, they. Uh, I guess my problem is, you know, all the people that are out there just virtue signaling about the jab, and then you see them dropping dead on live television. You well, know, yeah, it's like died it's suddenly. It's like, well, guys. you know, you know. All, respect, all right, Chance. Anything else? We got some more callers. Yeah, one thing quick. I could never uh-huh. do what you guys do. I give you credit for it, but I couldn't do it. I just don't have the patience for it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank Spre- you, guys. God bless Thank you. Have a great weekend. Thanks for the call. I think of it as spreading mustard seeds. Some of them will sprout. All right, well, if I'm reading this right, we have Miss Monica Schaefer, one half of those darn Schaefer kids on <laughs> line five. So, Miss Monica, <laughs> how are you, darling? I'm doing very well, thank you. I just had to call in to respond to Chance, and (laughs) I understand his take on things, but I just had to rebut a little bit with, you know, not everybody that took the jab is really stupid, (laughs) and we have to think about, we've had generations of cultural Marxist programming and mind control, trauma-based mind control, you could say, that has kind of brought our people to this state of affairs where they cleverly brought out this health scare and really fooled a lot of people. And then in addition to fooling a lot of people into thinking that there really was this genuine health scare, there was a lot of coercion going on. And, oh my goodness, what a combination of, of... you know, factors they had going for getting this jab into as many arms as they could. And at the same time, I do understand where Chance is coming from, but I just kind of had to bring a little bit of an alternate viewpoint into this because, I don't know, I I 
feel for some of the people who took maybe one or two shots and then actually opened their eyes and learned the truth about what was going on. And, and I know people like that personally, and I feel a lot of compassion for them. You know, then meanwhile they're living with that concern that they've got this bioweapon in their bodies. Anyway, I just wanted to say that. And hello, Sean. So nice to see that you're on this show. I was very excited when when um, I turned tuned in and, and heard that you were the guest. That's great. Hey, how you going, Monica? Always a pleasure. Um, yeah, to, to argue the point of what you're saying there when it comes to what Chance had to say, I've got to say this. You're you're right in in some ways in that we have been programmed uh, for many years. There's no doubt about it. The chicken swingers, as the good BB9 puts it, have been programming us for many years through gradualism, and that's a very hard code to get out of. But I will say this. In the last 30 years, at least of my life, we've had ample time, plenty of time to realise what they've been up to and people just refuse to do it because of the fact they were they were living by the fear. So, for instance, if anybody dares to discuss something that is counter to the Holocaust, then they're shouted down. But we came through the years, let's say within the 30 years I'm talking, 15 years of that, we came through the years realising that they were using that to create fear in us. So we've had ample time to come through the other side and say, you know what, we're not falling for this anymore and we've got to do something. We need we needed to drop the fear. And one of the reasons I think that fear is there is because when the man of the family starts dropping his guard, automatically the women do too. Now, I don't care whether you're, uh, you want to argue, whoever you may be out there, want to argue the man's side or the women's side. That's not my point. My point is when the man of the family, the man of the kingdom drops his guard, so does the rest of the family and therefore it, it, it comes down the line. So th- when that happened is when things failed. Now why did it fail? I think it's because what Chance was talking about. We've got unintelligent people that just didn't realise what was going on or didn't want to realise because they were scared of being called racist or something like that. I think what we need to do is take up, take back up those arms and say, right, enough's enough, and I think we should have done it a long time ago. So, uh, look, I understand your empathy when it comes to uh, these these people that have been programmed and everything like that, and um, uh, I just think that we've had ample time to... Uh, seek out something outside of that programming. Uh, that's just my take on it. Yeah, I mean, I agree. There's, we we have had some time to figure it out, and some people have figured it out. We have figured it out. So <laughs> we could yeah. ask, why haven't other people figured it out? I Yeah, it's it's such a complicated problem, such a complex problem. I guess the thing that our enemy has done is taken our good qualities and turned them into weapons against us. So our high trust, our high empathy, those qualities have been turned into spears against us. That That's kind of where it comes down to. And, I mean, I do happen to know a lot of intelligent people who took the shot. And so I yeah. guess I just, I kind of cringe a little bit when, when somebody just says, ah, oh, they were so stupid. <laughs> that's all. Yeah. Well, but that's you know the million-dollar million right. question. Right. 
that, that's, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? Um, the million-dollar question is this. How come some of us get to know it to such an extent that we would never take that shot? And how come some of us that are intelligent still get the shot? I mean, how intelligent were they really? And I'd leave it at that. How intelligent yeah. were they really if they still went out and got the shot? That is the million-dollar question. <laughs> and Anyway, yeah. it was, it's great to hear you, and I'll leave room for other callers, and so I'll, I'll hang up and say goodbye, but uh, great to hear you on, on with BB9. <laughs> so that's good, Sean. You take care. Cheers, Mike. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for the call. Yeah, I, you know, I had such empathy for so many of my cares that fell for the propaganda, and you could see the fear in their eyes that, you know, they really believed the propaganda, and, you know, that's the effect of a trauma-based programming. You scare people into manipulating the behavior, and then you had the people that were emotionally blackmailed that if you don't get the jab, you can't come see your parents, you can't come see your grandkids, etc. And, you know, there's so many factors, and, you know, it's just, you know, I know Chance was being a little tongue-in-cheek there, but, you know, the question is, you know, you're dealing with people that no matter how much evidence you give them, they're not going to change their minds. You know, that's the yeah. problem with these NPCs. All right, Mr. Producer, can we have Mr. Jim in North Kakalaki, please? <laughs> Mr. Jim, are you there, sir? Hey, Blackbird. Uh, Happy listen, Saturday. Hey, I, I, I'm from Swannanoa, North Carolina, and I'm not going to try to pass myself off as being so intelligent, but I do have a little joke for you. Okay. Why did the chicken swing across the road? (laughs) (laughs) I'll play. Why did the chicken swing across the road? To get down into the tunnel. Ah, there you go. <laughs> That's a All right, canard. Y'all love, you, love, you, love you to death. Hey, I spent a lot of fun, had a lot of fun up there in Boone in high school. But uh, oh. anyway, uh, y'all keep straight up there and uh, up in old New Boone. I remember oh. when it was old Boone and I had a ball up there. I enjoy listening to you, buddy. Be cool. All right. Thanks for the call. Yeah. New Boone was right. better. It's kind of like New Coke. Nobody asked for it. Nobody liked it. But there you go. It's like yeah, suddenly it yeah, was forced on you. Yeah, they it back one time, you know, and then uh, got got wise to the uh, aspartame and all those extra profits. But anyway, y'all have a good one now. <laughs> all right. Thanks, now. <laughs> yeah, you, it's just all these people just all of a sudden move into your town and say, we're going to fix it for you with all our ill-gotten gain. It's like, we didn't ask to be fixed. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, why did the chickens swing across the road? You, of yeah. course, heard about the uh, tunnels in New York under the Chabad Louvre yeah, Center, right? Yeah, yes. absolutely, absolutely. Did that break the noise to... floor in Australia? <laughs> uh, no, it barely touched the surface here. And, um, one of the things I thought it did, I, I did know that there were some networks that were covering, but it, covering it, but it went, it was just swept under the rug. But Mr. Rayvolt and I were, were actually talking about it um, at length at one stage in chat um, in Skype, and yeah, we had the same feelings with everything that was going on there. That that was crazy stuff. But that that caller, that last caller, I'm sorry, I forget his name. Um, I don't think it popped up in front of me. In fact, um, but. Um, he's, I said to Beth, I said to her, I said, Dullin, I said, look, what, this is not Australia anymore. Why don't we move to the States? 
And she says, yeah, Dad. And I started t- talking about, you know, North Kakalaki and um, <laughs> South Carolina and everything like that. I said, there's, guess what? There's a hell of a lot of rednecks out there. And um, they're, they're awesome. They'd, they'd be the type of people you really want to live by, <laughs> you want to live beside. <laughs> and the, the gentleman, I don't know whether he's a redneck or not, but he's got the accent for, for us Australians. And we was sort of like, yep, I could put a trailer beside him. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, that was Mr. Jim in North Kakalaki. There we go. Yeah, it's like, you know, who would you rather live beside, the person flying a Confederate flag in their yard or somebody flying either a rainbow trans flag, (laughs) you know, a BLM flag or an Antifa flag, you know? Yeah. So which would you rather have? Oh yeah, no, I, I know what I'd rather. And the same with my daughter. She says, "No, let's live, let, let, let's live next door to the to to the, the dude that's like really redneckish, Dad." I was like, yeah, all right. He could help fix the car when it breaks down. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, what else is you know the the news in Australia that we might not know about? What's the craziness on the political front or? Oh, well, you know, I mean, political fraud is political fraud. We've got the same sort of thing, same sort of deal going on over here as what you have in the United States, um, Canada being under the same monarchy that we're under. I mean, it's it's all pretty crazy. Um, wh- one of the things, one of my pet peeves at the moment, as I said at the start of your broadcast, was the cops at the moment that have become the criminals themselves. You know, the bicycle helmets are like, I've had so many fines and 240 bucks a pop to let you know that they're really expensive and um, I either one, refuse to pay them or I find a way to pay them off in a very small measure because I ain't rich, you know, and I'm not well off, especially since um, the um, COVID hoax come along, you know, the scamdemic because my daughter and I were put out of work. We were working at the same motel. So we were put out of work then they ended up hiring their family instead and friends instead and uh, instead of um hiring us back not that, that we were incompetent or anything but they just didn't want our germs it seems and um and not that we had covid either we didn't even have a flu no flu symptoms but that wasn't good enough um and when you don't pay the fines that they, they come along and say oh well we're going to take some of your property and i say okay so then you're thieves so you you're T- telling me that you're enforcing the law, but now you're telling me that you're going to just take my property willy-nilly um, without my permission. Uh, I, that's theft as far as I know, you know, senior constable. What, what's going on here? Then they're telling me, right, well, you're going to get a $1,900 fine, $1,900 fine for not mowing your lawns. Well, why is that? Well, because we're in fire season, and what happens if it catches fire? Well, if it catches fire, I won't have a bank account anymore, more than likely, because my bank card will be burned with it. So what are you talking about? And, of course, I'm being tongue-in-cheek there. But it's $1,900 fine for not mowing your lawns, you know, getting getting blood from a stone, anyone, you know. I get a, a, a dude that grabs his son to steal a caravan out of my backyard back when the captain was still alive. He said, can I keep the caravan in your backyard? I said, yeah, look, I'll buy it off you. You don't want it anymore, I hear. And he said, no, that's right. You can buy it off me. I start paying it off. And this this bloke in our local area, he, he, he gets his son um, to come along and take the caravan out of the backyard and says, oh, well, that was my caravan. No, no, it wasn't. The cops did nothing, absolutely nothing. But yet they'll put me pull me up for not wearing a bicycle helmet. 
Yeah, I cannot believe that caravan camper got stolen out of your backyard and they wouldn't help you, but they will give you a ticket for, you know, not wearing a bicycle helmet. <laughs> just, yeah. It's clown wearing. It's just the whole, you know, for the greater good. They always say this is for the greater good. We're protecting the children. It's for your own good. All right, Mr. Producer, we have Jason in Pennsylvania. Mr. Jason, are you there, sir? Hey, hey guys. Can you hear me all right? Yes, happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, excellent discussion. I just wanted to chime in and, and remind everybody um, that all the statistics based on personality testing and uh, their design of so-called operating systems. So let's say those of us that could discuss these things, let's say our operating system is Unix or DOS. But all these other people, the majority of the the population around the world, they're running on Apple. And you know, we know how that little joke goes. We have a uh, uh, a problem with communication. I forgot how I forgot how exactly you know that. That's what we have here is goes, a failure to communicate. Yeah, yeah. So we're. <laughs> We're running, and we could discuss this logically because that's what our primary uh, operating system is, is our brain. All these other people, the 75 80% of the world uh, at a minimum, they're all emotional-based primary on Apple with colors and different bullshit little emotional reactions. They can't, they can't understand the programming. It's a totally different language. Flashing lights and sound, yeah, flashing lights and sound. Everybody these days, especially what a lot of people over here in Australia and probably America as well call the tweeny weenies. The tweeny weenies are just infatuated by their phones that they can't take their face out of the phone long enough and then they get hit by a train while they're crossing the train crossing and then bam, and you go, they say, oh, the poor the poor child died crossing. And, and you say, well, that's because... When you parented them, you didn't let them know that those flashing lights and sound can get you killed. Pull your head out of the phone and pull the head out of your uh, your your, uh, your posterior, <laughs> and um, and wake up and smell the roses. It's so true. Yeah, and you know one of the things about Solomon Ash's group conformity experiments is he discovered he could manipulate up to seventy five percent of the goyim. If he had complete monopoly on all information entering the system, but yeah. if you had a truth advocate in the system, it would drop from seventy-five percent down to five percent, right? And so, you know, so many people, you know, go along to get along. They just whatever everybody else is doing, that's what they're going to do. They really don't have that independent thought. But Jason, we are out of time. Thank you so much for the call, uh, Mr. Sean Surplus. Last word, real fast, sir. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you want to check out the show, check it out at tcta.club by all means. But beware, it is not children friendly. Do not have your children in your room while you listen to TCTA. Thank you for having me, Blackbird. Thank you so much. All right. You have been listening to Blackbird 9's Saturday Snack Shack. I'm your host, Frederick C. Blackburn. I'd like to thank Mr. Sean Surplus again and all the callers and all the listeners. And I hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. And until next time, I will see you all at the rendezvous.
Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. You're listening to Real Talk Radio. Only on the Republic Broadcasting Network. 